listen, listen. This is the first AO of 2023, so I needed to be the loudest one we've ever done. So here we go, here we go, here we go. Excel, I said AO! Oh, it's so good to be back with you guys. Um, on a count of three, tell me your favorite uh, Christmas gift that you got. One, two, three. Jesus. <laughs> Oversaved points for Ara. <laughs> um, I don't know. What? what I, socks, you know, outfits, hats. You know what I'm saying? All the good stuff. I love it. I love it. Pastor Ariel, my beautiful wife, got me a new pair of Vans. You know what I'm saying? Her parents hooked us up with some gift cards. Listen, when you get older, you appreciate gift cards. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Just tell me where to eat because I can't figure out where I want to go. So just real quick, turn to your neighbor and say, happy 2023. Happy 2023. All right, real quick. By a show of hands, how many of you made it to midnight? Show of hands. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Now, if you're like me and you old, how many of you did not make it? You were asleep by 10 o'clock. <laughs> dad, dad life. So, Pastor Ariel and I did not make it to midnight. I don't really care. Pastor Ariel and I agree on this. It's kind of her. We don't really care for New Year's Eve because why would we celebrate a new year, January 1st, when technically a new year for you is your birthday? Yeah, did I just blow your minds? Pastor Ariel, that's our, like, just, like, why, like your new year starts on your birthday. Count of three, tell me your birthday so I can buy your present. One, two, three. All right, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. April 3rd, all my threes. All right, bring it in. Bring it in. My birthday is March 3rd, so I like things. All right, 2023, if you are like me, bars, um, you would have probably saw on your IG, on your TikTok, on whatever it is that you use, you scroll on, you would have seen something pretty common that I saw, and that is like on January 1st, 1 a.m., people were already talking about, um, this year is the year of the grind. I'm ready to go. 2022, you ain't nothing to me. I'm moving on. Like, whatever. Like, you saw, I saw the most motivational quotes that I've ever seen. I saw the most, like, bodybuilders that are like, 2022, I was a bodybuilder. 2023, I'm turning into the Power Ranger. I'm like, I don't know. Whatever that, whatever that is, whatever, like, she's like, I'm going to turn into the Hulk, whatever. I saw so much of that, and I'm like, it's only been an hour into January, but it's only been an hour into 2023, and you are already talking about the grind, right? What are you going to do? Like, this is my year, this is my come up, my glow up, my throw up, whatever, right? Whatever ups you got, right? Because you are done with the downs, so I just, I was laying in bed, and, and Dottie woke up, and she was like, man, and I'm like, oh, stop all that, it's too early for that. And I realized, I was like, oh, happy new year to me. I woke Pastor Ariel up, we listened to a worship song, we prayed together, and then she fell back asleep, and I didn't. So I was like, I'm up. So I'm scrolling, and I just saw so much of 
of that on, on Instagram that I, it actually overwhelmed me because I'm seeing like countless of people, celebrities, people I know that like are like already trying to get the year started. And I'm laying in bed in celebration in Florida away from everything and work. And, and I immediately was like, I have to get up and I have to start working. I was like, I got, I got to get up. I have to get up. Donnie, go back to sleep. I need to work. So I legit, every night, right, Ariel? She would say almost every night of vacation, like, I was up at 2 a.m. Just, just working, just working, just hustling. Just, I'm like, I, I got to hustle. I got to go. Right? And it reminded me back in high school, and I've shared this before, but your boy was a little hustling, you know what I mean? Because I used to have, some of y'all know what I'm about to say, I used to have a candy shop out of my locker, like, who needs J.J. Peppers, right? When you got me, I, I was the plug. You want now or laters? What flavor? Right? You want hot pickle? Bet. Got you. You want a double-decker oatmeal cream pie? Got you. You want a zebra cake? Got you. Swiss rolls? Got you. What kind of Oreos do you want? I got them. And you want to know one of my best sellers? True story. Laffy Taffy's. Laffy Taffy's. Fun fact, this has nothing to do with the message, but Pastor Ariel's favorite flavor of Laffy Taffy is banana. Shame. Son. Son. Sonner. No. I, so, like, in high school, in high school, I'm trying to hustle. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to afford the movie ticket for this girl I'm trying to take out to see the first avatar that came out. I was like, who she ended up leaving because her mom told her to go home and left me by myself. So, I was like... I, 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 I was thinking about that, and I'm laughing. I actually got caught because your boy got a little bit too entrepreneurial. I, I just came up with that word, and I, I got a little bit too brave, and I went from snacks to drinks. And security and teachers were realizing, we don't have Red Bulls in any of our, like, vending machines. So who's doing that? I got caught. Somebody told on me, if I find you. You know what it is. All right, knife hand. But we have this culture of hustling. Now we got to work. We got to play. We got we to gotta work hard to play. Or we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And, and I, I, I'm telling you right now, I was so overwhelmed. And 2023 hasn't even started yet. And I'm already stressing about the summer or the winter. I'm like, what am I going to do for outreaches in the summer? I'm like, it's January 1st. Relax. And so we have this culture that we just need to grind, that we just need to hustle. We have to outwork everybody else to get the car, the house, the money, the job, the girl, the guy, the shoes, the hats, the whatever. We just got to go. We got to go. But you and I have limits. So we can work, 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 work. Rihanna, work, 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 right? We can work, 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 but Rihanna gets tired. Rihanna has limits, all right? That song ends at some point, all right? <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what y'all say. Um, we have limits. We've got limits mentally. We've got limits physically. Like, people who work themselves to death. Like, literally. Like, you see somebody, like, I don't know. And we glorify this. Me and Sal were talking about this. They glorify this. I remember, like, 50 Cent was doing an interview, and one of the guys was like, Man, like, you've been really out here. You know, you going platinum. You, you selling millions of records. Like, when do you sleep? And 50 Cent was like, sleep. Sleep. Who needs sleep? And I'm like, 
me? What do you mean? You're going to die if you don't sleep, sir. Like, do you know, like, you're going to just, you can't, you have to sleep. And they glorify, like, yeah, I haven't eaten in 80 days. I've, I've only had one drop of water that I found from, you know, some leaky, you know, gutter on the corner. And I was like, ah. And then I went back to work. I went back to grinding. because And I'm like, that is miserable. I don't want that. But we do that. And we see those guys as successful. In reality, man, they're dying on the inside. This hustle, this grind, it really is going to be the end of them. And so here are some of our, uh, oh, that's me. I'm Pastor Izzy. That's my Instagram handle. So tonight's uh, message, throw up the, just the title real quick. I'm skipping. But it's called Help for the Hustle. Help for the Hustle. That's the series. I want to talk the rest of the month about how God wants to help us in our hustle. And we're going to look at Jesus because Jesus was a busy dude. Humanitarian, right? Traveling speaker evangelist. Dude was a miracle worker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, you know, all that stuff, right? Like, right? That's Jesus. Jesus was a busy dude. He was in high demand. Crowds, thousands, tens of thousands of people were following him all the time. Justin Bieber, who? Jesus had paparazzi. He was, and then, and so, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, help. We need help. Turn to your neighbor and say, You need help. I want to talk about real quick some of the limits that you and I face when it comes to hustling. Go ahead, throw them up there. We've got, we've got the pressure to hustle for good grades. It should be, yeah. So how many of y'all feel the pressure to have good grades? Some of y'all are like, meh. Some of y'all need the pressure. All right. How about hustle for people's approval or for popularity? How about this? How about this? How about this? How about that? How about to have the right body? Hey, listen, if you scroll through Instagram, you're going to find somebody in some spandex squatting. Some lightweight anyway. How about hustle for achievements in sports and activities? Right? Hustle for scholarships or future financial success? You know what I'm saying? How about this? Because we've all been here. How about the pressure to the hustle to feel good enough for God to accept you? That's me. That's you. We have these pressures, these, these limits. And, and what do we do when we reach our limits? Like what do we do when that happens? What do we do when the pressure hits and when we need help, right? Because, like, these things really aren't that, like, these are great. Like, you want good grades, right? You want to have a healthy body, right? Because round is a shape, right? Like, you want to you have good things. But really, what happens is at some point in the middle of your hustle, you're going to need help because the pressure is going to sit in and you're not going to know where to turn. We're going to see in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you're new here and you don't know what those are, those are the four, first four books of the New Testament, and they are four of Jesus' best friends, his disciples, and they basically decided to write all the stuff they saw Jesus do. So they're like, Jesus did this. That was lit. And they're like, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Mark. Right? So we're going to go through all of Mark, not all of Mark, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just see, uh, we see Jesus do this example of when pressure hits, he gets down to what he really needs. What he really needs. And it's to be loved and to belong, because you see him pray to his father. It's for really his life and our lives to matter and have purpose. 
right? That's what we need. We need to be loved and we need to belong. You and I need your life, our lives to matter. Your life matters, whether you know it or not. And then you and I need peace. <laughs> peace, which is kind of hard to find. See, the problem is that we look for the answers to these things in ourselves and in our abilities. And let me tell you something. If you're the person asking the question, it's kind of silly for you to think you have the answer. But how many times we do that? That's not in my notes. That's a whole other service. It's easy for us to get caught up in, in the pressure and the hustle and the bustle and the, the striving and the grinding. Because why? We see it. It's all around us. Somebody out there is doing better than you, right, is further along where you want to be. And then now you feel the pressure that you've got to get going. That you've got, just got to work. you just got to keep going. Say, um, we need space. We need space. This is what we really need. And, and a lot of us think that's crazy. That's kind of counterculture because, again, we see in society that we've got to go, 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 go. But we see Jesus here in the next few verses do something very countercultural. Very opposite is he needs space. He gets space. He needs time away. We need time away. So we need to talk about self-care. You know what I'm saying? A little Manny Petty day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fellas, if you've never had a pedicure, you're missing out. All right. Some of y'all, let me just say this real quick. Self-care is not scrolling or binge-watching Netflix. That's not self-care. You know what that is? That's numbing. You're just putting numbing cream on the problem. So what I'm, t- what I'm about to talk about here in a second, I'm not asking you to escape, and I'm not asking you to become a zombie. I'm asking you to find time and find space. TikTok, Instagram, Netflix. I'm talking about unplugging and getting some downtime to be quiet. In 2023, this is the best. I'm going to echo this later. This is the best thing that you and I can do is not get to work. The best thing you and I can do in January, at the top of the year, is to not get to work. It's to not get going. It's to get quiet. It's to get alone. That's a good word. All right, here we go. I'm preaching. So I heard this the other day, this quote. I love this. It says, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. (laughs) He said, Blaze is his name, by the way. That's a lit name. Blaze Pascal. All of humanity. He said, all of humanity. All All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. We strive and we grind when what we truly need to do is to surrender, slow down, and do something countercultural, which is this. Take your foot off the gas and slow down and learn the unforced rhythms of Jesus. Let's read Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It's not on the screen. I don't have it. I don't have it. I added this. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 in the message version says this. Are you tired? <laughs> Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. This is Jesus talking. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I love Jesus. He's so lit. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, 
and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Say help for the hustle. Say help for the hustle. I've got one help tonight. So this is a three-week series. And we're going to learn three different ways that Jesus shows us how we can get help for the hustle. Because you and I, unfortunately, we've got sin in our lives, and there's some kind of hustle that we have. Right? We all have to work. I'm married. I got to work. I got to afford my amazing wife, right? And baby formula, right? Like we've got we've to do something, right? We can't just live a free life out in the woods, right? That's how people get eaten by bears, right? So we all have to hustle. We all have to do something because these things we need, we need to do some of these things in our lives, but we need help. So the first help, say first help. The first help is this, it's silence and solitude. Say silence. Say solitude. When I say that right then and there, I know a lot of people start to panic. First of all, some of y'all can't sit quiet to save your life. <laughs> this guy, right? Like, uh, so my twin, I have a twin brother. I'm way better looking than him. You can clip it. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> He's, he looks more like Primo than he does look like me. But, um, Ishmael and I, Ishmael had ADHD and I have ADD. And so my mom raised two alphabetical boys. Uh, and it was, it was very hard on my mom because one was very distracted, like squirrel, and then the other one, like, would not stop moving, just fidgeting, and he, he was so hyperactive, and I was distracted. I'm lucky I'm alive. My mom should have killed me. Uh, she should have killed me off. But the thought of, like, sitting in silence was, like, terrifying. I'm like, I have so much to say. There's so many thoughts in my head. I have so many, I have so many things to talk about. And I was just going. And then when I discovered Monster Energy Drinks as a junior hire, oh, my gosh, my youth leaders hated me. Right? Silence. Say silence. Say solitude. It's something we see Jesus do a lot in Scripture. I... I I, I'm, I'm going to show you some verses, and there was plenty more that I found. But I didn't want to overwhelm y'all because y'all just got done doing math. And so some of y'all already need to take a nap from that. But, but we see Jesus do this a lot. We're going to study Jesus' life over the next three weeks and see how he handled the hustle. You know, he's the only perfect person that can show us how to do that. And so here we go. Y'all ready? <clears throat> Say, I'm ready. Let's read this. You'll see it on screen. Matthew 14, 23. You'll see all of them. It says this. So I'm just going to show you multiple verses to show you that Jesus practiced silence and solitude. And we'll talk about why you need it. Watch this. Matthew 14, 23. After sending them home, he's like, bye-bye. He went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there. What was that word? Hmm. Mark 6, 46 through 47, after telling everybody goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Mark 1 says this, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to do what? Pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Throw up Luke. I am your father. 
But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. So a lot of people heard about Jesus. So Jesus heals somebody, and he goes, amen. I know I healed you, so I know you're pretty excited, but like, don't be telling people that I did that. You know, I just, you know, I silence and solitude, you know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, I got you. Hey, Jesus, heal everything in my body. It's like the movie Friday. All right. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for what? For prayer. So how about this? Let's do a little, little quiz. So what do we see happen in all these accounts that we just read? Somebody tell me. Prayer. What else? Alone. Signs. Solitude. Perfect. He was alone. He had to get away. He needed physical rest. What does this show us about Jesus? That he's human. I think we paint this picture like Jesus is, don't get me wrong, a superstar, a superhero, rock star. He's got all this power. He's amazing. He's awesome. But don't forget he was fully God and fully man. And so he got tired. He got 12 guys following him around all the time. I would get tired too. He's human. He needed to gain perspective. He needed wisdom. So he knew who he had to go to for that. And he couldn't take anybody with him. Because of their distractions. So he knows, I need to get alone. He needed encouragement from his father mentally, emotionally. Jesus was fully God, fully man. He showed us what it means to be human. A human who is not running his own life. A human that is not running. We even see this at the beginning of Jesus' ministry at 30 years old. He's like, I'm 30 years old now. I'm going to start ministry by going into the wilderness for 40 days by myself. And we're like, okay, all right, have fun with that, Jesus. And what a 40 days and 40 nights it was, and we won't get into that now. But some of y'all might be like, you're telling me that I need to be silent and I need to be alone. Jesus is awesome, and he's perfect, and I can understand that Jesus can do that, but why should I do that? Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, why should I do that? Why should I be alone? Just because Jesus do it, do I really need to do it? Right? That's a legitimate question. Right? And you're not wrong. And you're not dumb. And you're not a sinner for thinking that. Because I thought it too. I'm like, okay, like, maybe Jesus is just better than me. No. There's, there's a reason why he wants us to do this. And I was like, well, where does that say that in the Bible? I was like trying to find a gray area. I'm like, where does it say you need to do this? But we do see this. We do see Jesus teach this same method of silence and solitude to the crowd. Look at Matthew 6, 5, 8. Like that? Backstreet Boys. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Hashtag downtown Chicago. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray... Say this together. Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Jesus is teaching people, hey, don't like just do stuff so people know you do it. Right? Like, I'm going to go to Breezer's Prayer because I want all the leaders to see me pray because I'm spiritual. It's not what he's asking you to do. He's asking you, he's asking you to go away get alone with God, to pray. And what, what happens when we do that? We get what? Rewarded. Meaning God sees it. God, 
The father who what? Sees everything. He sees you. He sees you. How about this? So he's teaching the crowds that. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, I see you teaching the crowd. That's really nice. But what about your boys? What do you say to your friends? What do you say to the disciples? Check this out. Mark 6, 30 through 31. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by our what? To a quiet place and rest a while. I like Jesus. Jesus is all about nap time. He said this because they were so, Jesus is lit. You could tell Jesus was like a homie because like he was so kind to his, to his group. Like he's made him food so many times at breakfast. Like look at this. He's like, he said this because there were so many people coming and going. In other translations, it says there was a crowd coming towards them and that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat. He's like, man, we're about to get really busy because like we got to heal everybody and that's really nice. So let's go over here. Let's kick our Crocs off and take the socks off if you wear them. It's kind of gross, right? No, I'm just playing. And let's just rest before we got to get to work and chill and let's eat. Let's replenish ourselves. Let's, let's gather ourselves. So Jesus is teaching them silence, solitude, and rest. You see how important it is silence and solitude were to Jesus? This is important to him. He's teaching everybody about this. But do you realize how much you need it? Do you realize how much you need this? You need this tool. We need to retreat. We need to. That's why we have Spring Breakaway. It is a retreat. That's why we have camp. That's why we have these things. But I'm talking about retreating here, at home, in between classes, 20 minutes, 5, 10 minutes here and there. Would you just spend with Jesus? Your body and your mind and your soul, listen, guys, you need to rest. You need to rest. So go and tell your mom tomorrow, I'm going to take a nap because Pastor Izzy says, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Claudia, right? We Claudia. All right. You need to rest. You need to rest. And sleeping isn't just rest. Because some of y'all can sleep and still not get rest. So Jesus isn't just talking about sleep here, right? Like physically, your body's going to shut down. But what's going to keep you going is if you are rested. So what can you do in those 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes as you're trying to practice silence and solitude? Well, here's what you can do. You can sit and journal. You can sit with your thoughts. You can sit and pray. You can put on your favorite worship song and just sit, lay down. You can just talk to God. Hey, how's it going? I saw a pair of shoes on Instagram today that were really lit. I think you'd like them. I'm, you think I'm playing? That's how I talk to him. I talk to him just because like, he's my friend. He's my best friend. That's my dad. I love him. That's how I talked to him. And I noticed, I noticed when I would spend alone time with him, uh, I, something in me just got up and got ready, and it gave me strength. Uh, I didn't say this. I preached at the branch last night, um, and I didn't tell them this, but Pastor Ariel was, is my main inspiration for this because when we were dating, true story, she would kick me out of her house. Anytime where it was at like 8 o'clock, I was out. No matter what we were doing, I was out. 
because she needed to pray. She needed to be alone. She needed to have time for herself. And nothing good happens past 8 o'clock on the phone or in person if you aren't married, right? We'll get to that in February. Don't worry. One day I went to go pick her up, about to take her to breakfast. And I walk up the stairs to her loft where she was living. And from downstairs, I heard <laughs> I heard her like travailing over the darkness. Like she was praying so loud. For a fact, the entire floor heard her. Like everybody knew she was a Christian after this. She was praying so loud. And I was like about to knock. I'm like, how do I interrupt this? She's spending time with the Lord. So literally, I sat on a bench in front of her door waiting for her to be done because she was like, this is what she does. She spends time with the Lord every morning. And then I heard her praying for me. And I, I had never heard anybody pray for me like that ever. She was praying for me. And I was like, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll marry her. <laughs> like, Anybody that's willing to pray for me like that, and you didn't know, right? I told you like, like maybe a year or so later, I was making fun of her for it. But I love that she understood something that I needed to practice, and that was spending time with the Lord, spending time with him. Notice, notice. can you pull up, this is not in my notes. Can I just free flow with y'all? I'm going to free flow with y'all. Can you pull up the first few verses? Actually, pull up Luke 5. Pull up Luke 5. Luke 5. I skipped over this, but I want to get to it. So we see Jesus. So how do we practice this silent solitude? What's, but, says, but Jesus what? Often. Say often. Say often. So when, when should we do these things? Often. So we need to, two things that could help us practice silence and solitude. Number one, get alone and get quiet. Get alone and get quiet. That's how you do it. You want to practice silence and solitude like Jesus? Get alone. Get quiet. And number two, do this often. Do it often. Practice it. See, it's not something that like, it's a one and done. I'm so thankful that the one time Pastor Ariel prayed for me and the one time I caught her praying out loud for the whole city to hear is something that I hear almost every morning since. She does it often. She does it often. Like, it, people always be like, there's something so special about Ariel. There's something like, there's, like she glows. She really does. She's literally a princess. She glows. She's magical. She's amazing. I love you. And it's because she does this often. She does it often. And, and it, it convicts me. It challenges me because, like, I, I, I'm, I try to do it often. And she's better at me that, you know, at this. But I see the benefit on her life that God is, has a, his hand and favor on her because she does this often. And so anything that Ariel does, she finds success in, not because she's a hustler, not because she's, you know, grind all day, you know, grind all night. Like, that's, like, she's literally, like, she's successful because she knows how to rest. She's successful because she's getting alone, getting quiet, and doing it often. 
once we retreat for silence and solitude, we need to do something. So now that we've done it, what do we need to do? We need to re-enter. We need to re-enter life. We need to re-enter our situations because Jesus' goal for us is not to escape. It's not to numb. It's not to escape. Although for some of us, that would be a lot easier to escape some of our issues. That's not what Jesus is calling us to do. Jesus is saying, come away with me, learn from me, and then when you are built up, when you have your strength, when you have your encouragement, your direction, go back. Because notice, like in some of these stories, a crowd is coming, so Jesus is like, let me go feed my guys, get situated, and then we got to go because they need us, right? Like work still needs to be done. I want to encourage you with this. Life is not a sprint with Jesus. Like the world is telling you, you've got you've to go a thousand miles an hour to achieve things. And so what happens is we like to take that mindset. We like to take that hustle and striving mindset that the world is trying to tell us to do. And we bring that to Jesus. We say, I've got to work for all these things. I've got to work to eat. I've got to work to live. I've got to do all these things. I have to work to be good enough for my boss. I feel like I have to work to be good enough for my parents. Like the world is telling us to grind and to hustle and to strive. And so we take that same mentality because it's all around us. We bring it to our relationship with Jesus and we say, I've got to hustle and I have to grind so that Jesus accepts me. I have to hustle and I have to grind for God to accept me. I have to hustle and grind to feel worthy. I have to hustle and grind to feel like I have a relationship with a God who died for me. I have to do this. I have to do that. And you see how like this is work-based and you see how this is, I've got to do something. And Jesus is saying, that's not it. I just want you to be with me. In whatever condition you find yourself in, Jesus saying, come away with me. Come away with me. It's this, it's this mentality that I have to work to feel loved. I have to work to earn grace. You feel like you have to work to earn forgiveness. And, and I'm sorry if your parents are like that. Because Growing up for me, sometimes I felt like I had to do A, B, and C in order for my dad to forgive me for being whatever, for wrecking his bike, for which happened, which for, for the grades, for, for the girls that he caught, whatever. I felt like I had to earn, I had to work this, and, and, and this whole mentality, I brought it over to Jesus, and, and it wasn't until later on in life where I started studying the Bible, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the gospel at all. That's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus teaches. He's not saying, come to me, all of you who put the hours in. He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary. And burdened. That's all of us. He says, come. Let me get the band up real quick. All throughout your life, Excel, you're going to need this tool. Because this is a tool to help you. Silence and solitude. Say it. Silence. Solitude. Say, get alone. Get quiet. Do it often. You'll need this tool. You'll need it because you need him. I'm not saying go into a room with your thoughts. I'm saying go into a room with him. I'm saying spend time with the Lord. See, tonight you're sitting here and like me learning this, 
the thought of being alone with your thoughts is terrifying. You're like, Pastor Izzy, it's my thoughts that I'm afraid of. And you're asking me to go and, and be alone with them? You're asking me to drown in my thoughts? And I truly believe that's someone here. Because I've prayed those words. God, I, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. And, and I believe there's someone in the room, and you've said this, maybe even today, you say, God, I just want the noise to stop. I just want the noise to stop. The noise in my head, I just need it to stop. I can't get alone. The reason why I'm busy, God, is because, listen, if I take a moment to slow down, I'm going to, those things are going to catch up. And I'm running from thoughts. I'm running from things. And, and I can't slow down because I don't want them to catch up with me. You're drowning in your thoughts. You're drowning in your insecurities. You're drowning in the pressure to perform. You're drowning in the thoughts of trying to be the perfect son, the perfect daughter, one that your mom is proud of, one that your dad is proud of, one of whoever should be proud of. You're drowning in these thoughts. And maybe some of you tonight are afraid to slow down because you feel like life is going to leave you behind. Pastor, if I slow down, I'm going to miss out. I can't slow down. People are going to get ahead of me, and, and I'm number one. I have to be the best. I've got to go. Maybe you're here tonight in silence and solitude. Sound more like a prison than a hospital. Than a hospital. And that's because here's what it is. You don't fully understand who Jesus is. You're afraid to be alone because you don't realize that you'll never be alone. The Bible says this. Jesus says, I will never leave you. Never leave you. Never forsake you. When Jesus, his last moment on the earth, before he ascended to heaven where he sits now at the right hand of the Father, this is what he's told people. He said, he said, and I will be with you always, even until the end of time. When are you going to be with me? Always. But when is always? Till the end. Till I see you face to face. You're never alone. You don't fully understand Jesus. Maybe even as far as you don't follow Jesus. You've never had a relationship with Jesus. Friend, because you are my friend, I want to tell you this tonight. Until you find hope in Jesus, you will never find peace in the silence. There will always be noise. Jesus can help with the noise. So if you're here and you're like, I feel the pressure to, to get things going. I'm here to tell you, slow down. Start the year off the way Jesus did, and that is spending time with him. And so the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this culture of hustling. But tonight, and we need to start here. We need to start with saying, Jesus, I want to I wanna be with you. I want to be around you. I want to do what you're doing. Because what you did worked. I see it works for you. And if you're human like me, then it'll work for me. Some of you tonight, you deal with thoughts, you deal with pressure, you deal with all these things. And my encouragement to you is to go to Jesus, to go to God, to spend time with him. And I know the reality of, you, of some of you tonight is you can't do that. and You can't get the help you need in Christ and in God because you don't have a relationship with him. Because you don't know Jesus. 
I want to give you an opportunity to start following Jesus tonight. And I'm doing this a little different than I normally do. But I want to present to you this. Jesus spent three years of his life performing miracles after miracles, helping people, lived a perfect life, meaning he didn't sin one time. He didn't make one mistake. And that right there, that life made him the perfect candidate to be a living sacrifice for you and I. Well, you say, why did he need to sacrifice his life? Well, there's a thing called sin. Sin is doing the opposite of what God is, which is awesome and holy and righteous, which is right, meaning sin is wrong. And because of that sin, it separated us from God. Jesus came to earth to die on a cross for our sins so that that relationship with God would be mended again. Because God is like, hey, somebody's got to pay the price, a price that you and I should have paid. You had a debt, a debt that cost your life, and Jesus stepped in and said, you know what? I'll pay for it. So they crucified him on a cross. The kindest person in the world, the nicest man. He was so kind. He was generous. He was graceful. He is graceful. And they crucified him, meaning the Romans, they, they literally created what theologians and historians say the worst possible way to die was the cross. And they put the perfect lamb of God on the cross. A guy that called everyone friend, tax collectors, prostitutes, people who are demon possessed, people, people who lie, cheat, and steal, and murder. They crucified that guy, and he did it willingly. Because he said, listen, this price of sin, price is death. And death means separation from God. But if I do this, if I give my life for you, then that means we'll spend eternity forever. And so that's what happened. Three days later, Jesus was resurrected. Jesus lives. He reigns. He rules today. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you were to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that Jesus died on a cross and rose again, and that because you believe in it, you're saved, then you're saved. What are you saved from? You're saved from a place that was never meant for you, and that place is called hell. It's never meant for you. What's meant for you? What was designed for you? Peace, healing, mercy, grace, joy, love, all the goodness of God, the fullness of God. That's the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for you so that you could live forever with him. Because the reality is tonight, students, you are going to live forever. You will live forever. The question tonight is where? The fullness of God with no disease and no hate or in a place that was never meant for you? That's the decision tonight. I, I offer you that opportunity because I want you to get the help that you need. And that help is only found in Jesus. That help for the hustle is only found in Jesus. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, there's nothing weird about this. We're not going to, like, throw anything at you. With every, every head bowed, and this is just to respect you, this is just to honor you. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor Izzy, I want the noise to stop. I'm drowning in my thoughts. I can't be alone because I don't like being alone and, and, and you're saying Jesus is always with me, then I want that. If you're here and you want help, you need help, 
and you want to explore a relationship with Jesus and want to understand why we do what we do, why I've devoted my life to telling people about Jesus, if you want to start that relationship with him and you want to just have a conversation about what it means for you to follow Jesus and you want to be saved, that's you. On the count of three, I just want you to quickly slip up your hand so that I can see you and you're going to put it back down and then we're all going to say a prayer together. So if that's you and you say, Pastor Izzy, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want help for the hustle. I want help. Kind of three. One, God loves you. Two, everything about you. There's nothing that will ever separate you from his love. And three, if that's you and you say, I want help, I see that hand. Praise God. I see that hand. That's amazing. Come on, you're not alone. Is there anybody else? Awesome. I saw that hand. Anyone else? We'll wait because I believe God wants to help you. I believe that he loves you. I see that hand. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm excited for you. Anyone else? Maybe you're here and you're like, Pastor Izzy, I've been coming to Excel for a while, and tonight really spoke to me because I realized that I need help too. And I want to be reintroduced to Jesus because I haven't been living the way I should. I say I know Jesus, but I don't live like I know Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You say, I need prayer. I see that hand. Awesome. Here's where I'm gonna, I see that hand. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. Can, can y'all just stand with me? Y'all can open your eyes when you stand. I don't need y'all falling off. We're going to pray this prayer together. Because one of the most exciting things that I get to do as a youth pastor is see people come to know Jesus. The Bible says when one person gives their heart to Jesus, the angels in heaven throw a party. And so when we say amen, and we're going to do this every time, we're going to throw a party here. We're going to cheer, shout. It's going to be awesome and clap because that's one less person, one less person going to a place that was never meant for them. That's one more person going to heaven away from everything. So let's pray. You guys ready? So if you raised your hand, this is your prayer. And we're going to say it with you because we're about to be family. We're about to be family. So we're all going to say it out loud. But if you raised your hand at any point in those two calls, I want you to repeat after me. And I want you to say it from your heart. Here we go. Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and that I can't save myself. No longer will I close the door. When I hear you knocking, by faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You ready? In Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. Come on, let's celebrate with that.